0: Welcome to the Marketing Mantra Podcast brought to you by 99signals.com, a place to find top notch content on a wide range of marketing topics, including SEO, social media marketing, content marketing, blogging, and more. Take your blog to the next level and achieve massive traffic growth by learning top blogging strategies discussed in the Marketing Mantra Podcast. And now, here is your host, Sandeep Malia.
1: everyone welcome to a new episode of marketing mantra today we have a special guest on our show daniel danes hut from amp my content uh he's been on our show before a couple of times uh and it's always so good to have him on the show so just to give you a brief intro about daniel uh, Dan uh, is a self-confessed marketing nerd who teaches people how to get more traffic and engagement for the existing content. He's the founder of AmpMyContent and the Amplify Content Academy. He is also the head of content for zero to mastery.io, a training platform that takes people from brand new beginners to paid software engineers earning six figures. Uh, his guide to paid content promotion was ranked among the top 10 content of all time on inborn.org and growth hackers. He also had a viral post, this is super interesting, that generated $3 million in client requests in just two weeks. Uh, his content has also been shared or referenced by online marketing thought leaders like Neil Patel, Sujin Patel, Sean Ellis, and Glenn also. Uh, today we are going to talk about how you can optimize your content for better conversions. So we are f- going to fully deconstruct conversion rate optimization, or CRO as it's called. It's a super important topic because Let's face it, in content marketing, your end goal is always to get more conversions, uh, whether it's someone purchasing your product, downloading your ebook, signing up for your service, and of course, increasing your affiliate signups. Dan, it's uh, so good to have you back on the show. Welcome to Marketing Mantra once again.
2: Thank you very much, Freddie yeah, it's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you.
1: Awesome. It's always good to have you on the show. And uh, whenever you've been on uh, the show, I've got to learn new things. You are... Uh, Facebook ads expert. And uh, until now, we've been talking about Facebook ads. And whenever I finish an interview with uh, you, I just go back to my Facebook ads and see what I can do to optimize them, uh, taking in all the insights that I gather uh, from a conversation with you. So good to have you back on the show. And I'm sure our listeners will uh, get a lot of insights. For those listeners who are not familiar with uh, what you do, can you briefly describe your work?
2: Okay. So like I say in, uh, in the bio, I'm a massive nerd. So I'm really interested in marketing, but like not just marketing techniques and platforms and things, but like the psychology of why people do things. Because if you mm-hmm. can drill down to the fundamentals and foundations of that, it's applicable and everything. So I, I've i had a lot of success with Facebook ads. At one point, I think for every dollar I was spending, I was making $22 back. Not so much anymore with privacy issues and things like that, but they've been brought in. Um, with SEO, I've had... Um, heaps of uh, success also, Um, lots of different channels, but mainly because I focus back on the fundamentals of what drives people and also scientific principles. So like breaking it down, simplify what do you need to do to make things happen? So I, I started making some notes today about the optimization of content and also CRO. And a lot of it, I would guess 90% of your audience wouldn't think of as like the most important things. And I'll share those in a little bit. But um, yeah, like when you break it down to what is important and what isn't, that's mm. when you start to see like massive ROIs.
1: Yeah, we are going to fully explore uh, the topic, uh, but I would like to start with the basics. What is content optimization in your view? And uh, when you think is a particular piece of content, let's say a blog post is uh, fully optimized.
2: Yeah. So um, it's kind of an offshoot of conversion rate optimization, which is if you get a thousand people or 10,000 people to see something, can we adjust elements of that to make it perform better? Mm -hmm. So taking those same principles, obviously optimizing content, it depends on what your goal is. Can you Mm. optimize your content so that people take an action from it? Because content on its own, getting traffic is great we can optimize for SEO and talk about that but also Mm. thinking about how you actually write and structure content so that people take an action I normally find that people are they're either kind of clueless and they don't get traffic and they don't get sales or they're good at SEO and they get a lot of traffic but no sales or they're good Mm. at ads so they get sales but no organic traffic (laughs) and it's because yeah. they have like these skill sets in certain areas but they don't overlap the things that you need to do you know yeah. so they're not looking at their content a paid ads person will look at a piece of content like a sales page how can i hook them in what are the pain points how can i draw them down the page do i have calls to action repeatedly do i remove distractions and things like that a lot of content yeah. marketers don't do that um Mm -hmm. likewise these paid ad guys though when they're not running ads or when privacy blockers come up and things like that they suddenly can't get sales because they've got no traffic coming in because they Mm -hmm. haven't done any promotion they haven't optimized the post for google as well so you've got to work really for the people and for the channels that you're trying to run it through because when you do it like that then you can run traffic to it at a profit because you know that the you know the math behind the content and how it converts and how many readers become subscribers, how many subscribers become customers and so on and so on. And you can see like a definite value from that. Um, With the new Google Analytics update that's coming through, you'll actually be able to attribute sales a lot better from content as well. So you'll see actually how much value each blog post is making you um, from a monetary standpoint soon. So that's really exciting. Although it's going to suck transitioning across, it'll be better in the long run
1: yeah i've covered this on my podcast before Uh, i was a fan of uh, google universal analytics and now they're moving to ga4 right so uh, it's just like uh, switching to a new search engine i mean you tell a google user to start using bing because ga4 has completely new interface uh, so it took me some time to familiarize with the interface and the brand new features this lo- lot of behavior modeling that uh, that is going to be really helpful when it comes to uh, conversion rate optimization and uh, advertisers like you said so uh, Uh, I think uh, anyone who's listening to this podcast right now uh, should create a GA4 property right away because uh, as you probably know by mid next year uh, universal uh, analytics will be discontinued and all your properties will automatically migrate to GA4 so better to do it now rather than you know do it then and um, you know learn new features and new uh, analytics reports then when it's like mandatory so you have ample time to learn now you have around six to seven months and uh, you can just learn the nitty-gritty of GA4 right away uh, now a good thing as well of, is
2: yeah. you could also like compare and contrast the two different reports because yeah. you'll find that you're getting a lot more clicks on the GA4 version because it's not cookie based so they're mm. actually seeing the clicks that are coming through so uh Google Analytics classic analytics right now might be selling you getting less traffic than you actually are because it's not uh, capturing those browser events so having a look at how you're actually performing now instead of in six months and then suddenly changing and wondering what the hell's happened like your traffic has dropped or risen or whatever start mm-hmm. to have a look mm-hmm. at it now in advance sorry to put you off there
1: uh so have you seen any major differences uh, in the traffic that you see uh, in GA4 versus the uh, the current GA that we're using
2: um there's a 19 percent traffic difference um
1: is it the moment, a traffic uh, boost or is it a decline in traffic
2: it's a boost so oh, um okay. when i am report <laughs> so speaking to like my boss and things at the moment i keep mm. wanting to move across to it now because as the traffic guy it's 19 percent higher in ga4 than it is in uh the, the standard analytics you know and right, i can right. also show like conversions based on content and things like that but um, Mm. we're just kind of like holding off and learning it and things because it takes time to learn all this stuff, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, right. So it's better to do it uh, right away. And um, SEO is one of the main uh, traction channels that I use. And uh, uh, most of my uh, episodes in the recent past have been anchored around SEO. Uh, Again, talking from an SEO perspective. Now, one of the most critical goals that you have when it comes to content optimization to be more visible in search engines right so how do you optimize your content for SEO
2: so if you think about it what we're actually trying to do is Google is a machine the search engine is a machine their goal is to give their users the best experience so they want to give the best content for their search um, because if they don't they will go to Bing or places like that or they bounce off so really what we need to do is make sure that we are creating the best content that the audience wants, understanding the intent and then optimizing the content so Google can understand it. So they recommend it to the right things. Years ago, I had a clothing company and a T-shirt design was the same uh, name as a Korean pop band. And I got a bunch of traffic one day, like 50,000 visitors in an hour. And then all of a sudden it just dropped again. And it realized it's because like they released a song. I was ranking for it. I got all these right. people coming to find out about this. So it's like making sure that you are ranking for the right things. Honestly, mm-hmm. the process is really quite simple. You know, it's, if you can, um, I use a checklist because it's, even though I've done it for years now, you can still forget. So I put like keyword in the title, try in the URL, you know, trying to get it front loaded if possible, keyword mm-hmm. in the title, the first hundred words, last 150 words. We're just We're just trying to tell Google that this article is about this thing. About spamming it too much um, mm. in the meta t- uh, title description of the first image, things like that, um, mm. adding in LSI terms, which it means uh, latent semantic indexing for people who don't know. Basically, it is keywords that Google associates with the keyword that you're talking about. So it's like, if you're talking about this topic, you would also normally talk about this particular thing also. So by adding okay. some of them in and talking about it, um. It helps Google understand, you know, um, I'm trying to think of an example now, but it's not really working. So if you're talking about Lord of the Rings and you wanted to write about it, someone might talk about Frodo as an LSI term. So you would talk about Frodo as the ring bearer and things like that, you know, in there. So adding that in helps them understand, Okay, they are talking about this thing. Um, Meta descriptions as well, although not really. Uh, it's not really an optimization in terms of you will get more traffic, but you will get more clicks. So this is the information that comes up in the search results. And when you're actually there, um, people Mm -hmm. will click through because a lot of the time it just pulls the information if you don't do anything and it's just a random sentence and there's no motivation to click on the result. So usually in the SERPs, you'll have the first result gets 24% of traffic and then it declines as you go down. If you've got a better um, better description and more people start to click on it, you're going to get more traffic than you should. Google actually pays attention to that as well. And if you're starting to get more traffic, they assume your content is better and you can start to be positioned higher than stuff that's got more backlinks. You know, so sure. optimizing for those kind of things. Schema markup as well, which is something I would say most people don't do because it's a pain in the ass sometimes. But basically it's, it's writing HTML code so that um, again, Google understands what the article is about. The three mm. big search engines got together years ago and they created this thing, this schema markup, so that between them they could associate and understand context of a page. And so mm. by adding this in, it helps them not only understand more, but you start to under, you start to rank for. Not just the organic search result, but you'll come up in rich snippets and things like that. Um, right. The client, uh, the customer, the pe- people I work for at the moment, we updated schema and optimized posts first mm. month I was there. Um, mm. I think we got a six hundred percent increase in clicks, and wow. yeah, and something like a three hundred percent increase in traffic. No new content or anything yeah. like that; just reoptimizing and improving these things schema mm. alone drives millions of impressions in Google, right. you know? Um, again, not that hard to do. You can search for blog posts and stuff on it. You, there's tools out there where you can literally click on the thing, say you're writing a blog post, add the details, right. add how-to steps. But that really, in terms of Google optimization, is all you really need to do, you know? Yes, you can add it in in a few other places, keywords and headers, adding Mm -hmm. images and context and stuff like that. But um, it's all it really needs to be. You can just kind of checklist this stuff off. You're just going to make sure you do it. (laughs) Hmm. You know?
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. About schema, I think there is a a WordPress plugin since, um, you know, WordPress uh, is the most popular CMS right now. I think there is an all-in-one schema plugin, I think that's what it's called. Uh, You can just, uh, it's just like a hygiene check that you can do, like you have a checklist of things that you should do when you publish a blog post, right? And just like you uh, optimize your meta tags, you can just optimize your schema as well. Like you said, it just takes like 30 seconds to one minute uh, to update it. And uh, you can see a, a higher boost in your rankings and also your click through rate right uh, i was just wondering when does link building come into the equation has uh, link be- building been an important factor in you ranking your articles or uh, have you had articles without you know actively building links uh, have you had articles any, ranking on top
2: we haven't done any active link building yet because i started oh. working with these people and so i wanted to fix the things that we've got so any traffic we're currently getting i want it to convert better any assets right. that we've got, I want them to perform better instead of just mm. creating new assets and things like that. I want the things that we've got to do that job properly. So, mm. um, we haven't even started link building yet. And like I say, you know, 600% increase in clicks, 300% increase in traffic and impressions, right. and things like that. Yeah. We will be link building and it's what we're like planning going into 2023. We'll be doing it hard because then mm. we'll, you know, we'll get, Way more traffic from it. It is still the most important thing you can do. Hmm. I'd say optimization and understanding what content you need to create and link building are really the two major things for SEO.
1: Right. Also, when you pick the, since you're not actively building any uh, uh, links, uh, also the keywords that you choose. uh, Do you choose keywords which are like low competition, say medium volume keywords, or uh, do you uh, also pick high volume keywords with a lot of competition. Since you are talking about content optimization here, and uh, if link building is not probably one of uh, the things that you do, at least in the starting phases, uh, I was just wondering, what are the kinds of keywords that you're choosing?
2: Um, I'm quite sneaky about it. So I don't really care about a lot of traffic. I care about a lot of sales. So I'm Mm. looking for keywords with a lot of high intent. So Mm. people who are looking to make a decision or people who are one step away from a decision. So sometimes those keywords can be competitive or they can be quite easy. But Mm. it's important that I have assets for them because now my traffic is going to convert better. Then if I am going for traffic and stuff, um, usually kind of mid-tail, long-tail kind of keywords because... Mm until you're like DA 70 plus for some of these industries, you're not going to mm-hmm. show up for it. It's worth mm-hmm. having, you know, it's worth having like, what is a website if, if you're a web developer or whatever and stuff like that, or how to build your first blog at some point, but you're not going to rank for it straight away. Whereas if you wrote a blog post on how to install and set up schema markup with three WordPress plugins, mm. the people who read that are going to become an affiliate customer almost straight away. they're ready to take that step that action you know so Mm. it's like um not really fussed about massive traffic i'm more Mm. focused on focused people who are going to take those actions you know and then afterwards expand out content hubs a lot of link building um uh creating kind of like link magnet guides so things that people like to link to a lot but don't really read so journalists or peers in an industry often looking for stats so if you write some kind of guide that's a lot of stats about um say we wrote a guide about the most important on-page optimization things and we Mm. peer reviewed it and we tested it and we put all that out Mm. our readers probably wouldn't care about it too much but other people Mm. in an industry would and they would link to and reference that again and again and again so you have this article that gets like 20 visitors a month but it's got like 600 unique LinkedIn domains that pulls mm. up your DA and the rankings of everything else. So being strategic about pieces of content like that as well, you know, um, right. that's the kind of optimization we're looking at for in terms of like what content to create.
1: Right. Very interesting. And it's very different from uh, what uh, uh, an SEO would do. Right. Yeah. And uh, you spoke about intent a lot, and uh, it's still a topic that is like sidelined to some extent. And uh, when you just uh, spoke about you know, picking keywords with commercial or transactional intent, where um, the, the person who's reading the article is like probably one or two steps away from making a purchase that really skews the keyword difficulty and in some cases like you said there are some keywords which uh, are very easy to rank for without actively yeah. looking for backlinks yeah. also when when it comes to link building i i feel when you have a great piece of content you automatically get backlinks you get natural backlinks right and yeah. if you're ranking in the top 3 results you are bound to get natural backlinks so yeah. uh, that's yeah. also i mean great piece of content is probably the number one factor and uh, link building is still probably very important, but it's not the most important factor anymore. It's uh, it's no. how valuable your content is, and uh, if you pick the right keywords, uh, the right intent uh, behind those keywords, that's that's more important, and that's what you're you're doing for you know improving your conversion rate. So that's that's super interesting. Yeah, uh, so like, you, uh, yeah I, sorry. I might ahead.
2: have some competitive content that I don't think I'll rank for, but it'll help make the sale. So say I rank for. Uh, a different topic that brings traffic in that is Hmm. not as competitive and people stay on the site and they look at other assets It then leads them through to something that's going to help make the sale on automation Hmm. without me having to be there um, versus (laughs) I know that piece of content probably won't rank for five years you know Hmm. like like it won't be on page one for that long but but just by having it there my website will make more sales you know because otherwise they're going to get to that point they're going to look for the next step I don't have it my competitor does. All I've done is warm them up and got them excited to buy and then got them somewhere else, you know, which is crazy. Yeah. Like um comparison guides for affiliate marketers, so like best yeah. X versus Y or if you look like certain platform platform A versus platform B. People mm. who are searching for that are literally about to make a decision and they just want the last information. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy how many companies don't write that blog post. So MailChimp, this is drip, something like that. It yeah. probably only gets a thousand searches a month, but like probably 400 yeah. of those become customers. So it makes mm-hmm. no sense for MailChimp not to have that article or, yeah. or drip. Always. It's um, it's always affiliate marketers who write those guides. It's it just blows yeah. my mind that like the marketing teams for these big companies don't see yeah. these assets because it probably will be the right. highest conversion piece they've got, you know?
1: Right. Also, I think the the, the reason why companies don't do it is if they do it themselves, then uh, it uh, wouldn't be uh, a very honest confession, right? It's still coming from the company. So an affiliate marketer doing it and uh, nine out of 10 times when someone is reading an affiliate post, and if it's well written, then you don't know whether this person is uh, an advocate for the product, right? And that's how you write a good comparison post you just don't talk about the strengths, Uh, you also talk about, uh, you know, the certain weaknesses that a particular tool has. And um, I've seen that a lot uh, in my uh, uh, affiliate marketing uh, experience, Uh, what uh, what I've seen is the comparison articles do much better than standalone reviews, right? If if I were to write, uh, say, a MailChimp review, uh, that wouldn't get as many conversions as say, a MailChimp versus ConvertKit article would get. So yeah. comparison articles is super important, but uh, at the same time, it has to be well optimized. And uh, obviously we are talking about uh, conversion here. So it's all, also, it should also be written in a way where, uh, you know, you get more conversions for it. So that's, that's a really interesting topic that you brought up. I'm actually uh, now writing to... one
2: right now. Um, yeah. I think you can get away with it kind of, if you, if it's your product and platform, but you really have to be critical of yourself. And say what your strengths and weaknesses are. So, like right now, our platform compared to other, there's like literally thousands of places where you can learn to code online. If you go to Udemy, Mm -hmm. there's 10,000 courses on there just for this one programming language alone, um, which is overwhelming. Which do you choose? You know, so that could be a floor for Udemy, but also at the same time, you can get a course for $12. Mm -hmm. Whereas ours, we only have 49 courses, but we cut a lot of blowout out to get people hired because that's our main focus is. We don't want to teach you absolutely everything about a language because you don't need to know it all. And you never will be able to, we want to teach you that 80%. Yeah. So it like, we've got had people hired by um, at Twitter within three months of like learning to code. And they were a waiter before that, you know, things yeah. like, so like you can say we don't have as much information, but there's a reason behind it. You know, we cut all that out to get you a job We're those people, if you want a lot of stuff and a lot of options in a buffet that's go to that competitor, we totally agree that they do have a lot more stuff. So it is, it is a tightrope t- to the kind of manage
1: Yeah, writing it about yourself. Yeah, it is a, a, a tightrope to uh, manage and uh, uh, my impression of this comes from uh, a very uh, disingenuous page that I saw uh, a while back. Uh, and again, uh, this was from a company for which I was uh, writing a comparison article and their, uh, their article was ranking on page three, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, like you said, it's important to be self-critical. And uh, these companies uh, don't tend to criticize their own product or be a little, little self-critical. So that's something that uh, they should do because that comes across as honest and trustworthy, right? If someone is signing up for a pro- product, they would like to know what it is that, it, that they're signing up for and what are the features and benefits they're missing out on. So. Uh, if uh, someone can be very candid about this when it uh, when it comes to uh, you know compiling a post or a page, a comparison page where you have a chart, that would be uh, that would serve them much better. I'm pretty sure you are uh, you are you've been in the conversion game for such a long time, so uh, I'm pretty sure you can create a piece of content that will get you better conversions.
2: Yeah, I like I'm I'm no one's perfect at it, you know, but you'll get some more than you would, you know, and right. at the very least people will trust you more. Even if they don't become a customer, like if someone else that they know needs that particular thing, they'll recommend you because they'll be like, those guys weren't the ones for me, but I think they would be great for you because you want this thing and you want to learn fast and you want to get paid, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing or, or whatever it is right. that your your strength is that you're pointing out and you've shown your weakness and stuff like that. But yeah, it can be difficult if you just sit there and say, we're the best at this and the best of that and these guys suck. Mm-hmm again as affiliate marketers though, if it's not your product you can put links for both products and you can get paid yeah, for whichever one they decide you know
1: <laughs> yeah true uh, yeah and uh, yeah and affiliate marketing tactic that i would share is to be completely candid when it comes to your experience with the product because yeah. you're trying to convince a reader and uh, sometimes when they see a review that's uh, not very sincere they can they, they can uh, probably uh, judge judge it from your writing right away so that's uh, something that you wouldn't uh, want to do you have to be very sincere when it comes to writing reviews or comparison posts or anything that you do when it comes to you know writing affiliate articles mm-hmm. um, now uh, getting back to conversion uh, every piece of content that you publish should have some form of a conversion path in mind right so mm-hmm. what are some of the points to consider when optimizing content for better conversions if you can just um, you know share three of your top points to consider
2: All right, so um, I actually used to work for a conversion rate optimization tool software called um, Convert. It's one of the biggest Mm -hmm. and oldest in the world. So I actually did a lot on CRO for um, a long time. Mm -hmm. Ironically, uh, user experience, page load time, speed Mm -hmm. to load the page, stuff like that is the biggest thing that will affect your conversions than anything else. Literally, if you run a mobile lightweight theme, it, get a CDN, WP mm. Rocket, something like that, if you're on WordPress, right. your rankings will go up without even any more links just because like your page load speed goes up
0: because yeah. Google
2: checks this as well. You will get more sales because people bounce if it takes like more than five seconds to load. At one point, I think my sales page was 26 seconds to load because it's massive. It's like 30,000 words, three videos, testimonials. I managed to get it to load in like 0.8 of a second just by like improving the theme. And my conversion rate doubled. Like insane. You know? Mm-hmm. It affects content, it affects everything else. Um, so yeah, removing bloat and things like that, getting a fast site right. load speed. Then remove distractions, don't have like multiple calls to action in the in the header don't have a pop-up for something else immediately it blows my mind why if if someone's on a page and they start loading all of a sudden a pop-up comes up it jumps into the top and it makes them an offer for something you've just
0: taken me out out of the moment right so it's like
2: ideally i want you to if you're what reading this on your phone waiting for a bus i want you to miss your bus i want the bus to drive past (laughs) because you're too focused on this thing you know I want to pull you down the page. So I do a lot of customer research and I find out the pain points in certain areas. I find the struggles that people have had and I try and pull that through in the content because then it feels like it's for them and it moves them along. And I also know what I need to include to actually help them get past those points. You know, So I'll jump on Skype with people and things like that. I'll do a lot of research. I'll look in Reddit forums, whatever else if I need to and learn as much as I can about the thing that I'm writing this piece of content on. To get mm-hmm. them through it you remove those distractions understand the audience speed up the page and a final bonus one have a call to action people don't have calls to action like they forget to put them in they either put in like five or six different competing ones or they don't have one have one do it three times click here to go check this out oh by the way you can check this out here at the end check this out here people forget that they've even seen a call to action, so you've got to ask them multiple times. But if you're asking them multiple times for multiple different things, it's a paradox of choice, and they just get confused and they don't take any action. You know, right, you can right. see conversion rate just drop when there's too many options. Udemy, ten thousand courses on one language, people are only going to pick the top three with the most views. The yeah. rest of them are just going to get very, very little unless it's like a special offer or something like that. Right. Same as right. your blog post, you know click here for the um, cheat sheet of how to do this. I actually put all this together in a sheet with on-page optimization and schema. You can get it here, this and this, you know, just remind them and remind them and your conversion rate. I think my my lowest conversion rate on an article is 26% and one of them is like 74% opt-in rate. Wow. You know? By, and what
1: article was this? What was your end objective uh, for this article? Uh, the I wanted to become
2: a subscriber so my paid ads one we were talking about where it's like Mm. a checklist of like how to set up your paid ads and things like that um it's it's usually the next step that they want to take so if we just Mm. if I had a cheat sheet right now if I was trying to get subscribers I would have already made like an on-page optimization and schema and plugins that I could pitch Mm. I don't have anything of that ready because it's not what I'm trying to do but if I had Mm. that and we have just talked about this and you see the value, you immediately want to do that. Your listeners right now are probably already Googling it of how to set these things up, right? Right. So if you transcribe this post, you should put one of these in there, you know? You should put like a call to action or whatever underneath the podcast or whatever. If it's the next step they want to take and you've got them excited, you pre-fame them ready, give them that action. Because if you don't, they'll go somewhere else. Same as having that piece of conversion content that if it might not rank, but if you don't have it, They'll go somewhere else for it you know
1: right true and uh, yeah page experience is such an important topic uh, that you brought up and that's uh, that's something that was implemented last year if i'm not mistaken and uh, i just came across uh, uh, these couple of uh, statistics which will probably illustrate uh, how important uh, page speed is so um one of them is that um, you know 62 percent of people are less likely to make a purchase on your site if your site provides a bad mobile experience and even worse 40 percent of them are likely to go to a competitor's site if your uh, page speed is slow or your user experience is not up to the mark so uh thank you for illustrating that point and uh also um i i was like i said i was guilty of using pop-ups and i was guilty of using a lot of widgets and all that so i've disabled them completely on mobile devices because of on mobile screen when you have such small real estate and if you have a pop-up there or a widget there that's going to be like super distracting and you wouldn't want your you wouldn't want to uh, have your visitors leave your site that leads to pogo sticking and you'll see a drop in your rankings right away Uh, core web vitals again core web vitals is something that you should take a look at it. and uh, page speed insights is a tool that you should uh, probably revisit every once in a while because you'll see your uh, core web vital score changing and if you are failing that test then it's very important for you to you know pass that test take the steps to pass that uh, pass that test so that you know you your rankings don't drop and in fact uh you know your ranking rankings improve subsequently when you uh, uh, do all those things so uh, dan thank you so much for uh coming on the show. And uh, it's always good to have you as a guest on my podcast. And I'm I'm sure our listeners had a ton of takeaways on uh, conversion rate optimization today. So thank you so much for taking the time out to be on our show. And to our listeners, uh, I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Uh, uh, Dan, if you have a website or a course where uh, you'd like uh, people to sign up, this is the time for you to, you know, talk about your CTA. So please go ahead and uh, share that.
2: So I I blog at ampmycontent.com and I have a writing academy where I talk about how to actually strategize and create content assets and um, promote and distribute content so that you can get more traffic. Like at one point, I think I did like, I don't know, $40,000 in sales with just eight blog posts. You know, having the right content is important. But yeah, ampmycontent.com, thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure to be here. And um, I look forward to doing it again sometime in the future.
1: Yeah, likewise, Dan. I mean, it's always good to have you back on the show. And uh, we we hope we keep having you in the future as well. And we can explore more topics. Uh, Thank you to all the listeners as well for tuning in. And I'll see you soon on the next episode.
0: Marketing Mantra with Sandeep Malia is a podcast by 99Signals, a place to find top-notch content on a wide range of online marketing topics. To get started, visit 99signals.com best to check out all the top-rated articles on the blog or simply view the description of each episode to download free online marketing resources to level up your marketing skills. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review featured on a future episode. Got a question or topic suggestion for Sandeep? Simply send a voice message via Anchor app or send an email to podcasts at 99signals.com. It too could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Marketing Mantra on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or any major podcast player.